entrepreneur so I'm born that brew. You are now listening to the Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Adam McChesney. Let's grow! Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Entrepreneur Podcast. I am your host, Adam McChesney, and I want to thank you for being here today. As always, if you're listening, please be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. We would also love for you to share this amazing content by tagging us on social media, including our guests. This way we can get this content out to more people. Today, we have another great episode lined up for you today. My guest and I got connected last month when I was in Georgia uh, speaking at a CLIPA training event, which is a training company for Christmas light installation professionals. We got to talking after the event at dinner, and he's just got a wealth of knowledge about entrepreneurship and a lot of the industries that many of you listeners are in. I know you will gain a lot of valuable insights from this episode about life, business, and much more. He's just an all-around great dude. My guest today is Ryan Fox. He is the CEO and owner of Lights All Year and is involved with quite a few other companies, including a mastermind, Beyond the Bulbs, which we'll talk about as well. Ryan, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I appreciate having me. Yeah, I know we had the the chance to to get connected uh, before the event and started following each other and all that stuff, and then had a chance to to chat over dinner. So uh, I know a little bit about you, but can you let the audience know a little bit about your background in entrepreneurship, kind of where things got started, and and what all you got going on here today? Yeah. So I'm one of the crazy ones. Uh, I started entrepreneurship when I was a little kid, um, had the bug early on, started the lemonade stand with my uh, neighbor and his sister and my sister. Our neighbor was being built. So we, uh, we even we had a little bit of cash that first day and I was all excited and could see, you know, the my vision. I'm a high visionary, obviously. I could see the vision of the money I could make over the summer. And so they wanted their money and they got out the first day because they wanted to go buy stuff. And I wanted to reinvest. And, you know, I was like, we can get Cokes and cookies and chips. And I was selling this to all the workers. Mm. So I did it for like maybe about a week or two. And I think I made a couple hundred dollars, you know, uh, which when you're like eight or nine, that's, that's like, you know, a lot of money. Mm. And so then I kind of got sick of it and was like, Hey, I'm going to go play, you know? Um, but then I was 11, my dad, uh, let me use his mower and we needed and all that and had a cart and drove around the mower and I went and mowed people's yards and he made me make flyers and knock on the doors and tell, talk to people. And I, I was doing about 10 grand a year, uh, when I was 11, 12, 13, 14, you know, um, in the summer. And then when I turned 16, um, he helped me get a truck and he pretty much went and was my bank and said, Hey, I'm going to buy all this commercial equipment for you. It was like $8,500 worth of lawn maintenance equipment. And you're going to pay me back a two-year note. Um, so it was like, say like 250 a month or whatever. I don't remember what it came to. Um, and I paid it off in just over a year. Mm. So, um, he didn't charge me any interest. He was nice about that at least. <laughs> um, but he wanted to teach me, you know, like, Hey, this is how business works. And then when I was 18, I actually had to go in and get my first loan by myself at the bank commercial loan. So he made me go do that myself. He's like, mm. you go in there and go talk to them and work the loan yourself. And I came out and I said, they gave it to me. He said, what percentage rate? I don't remember now. And I told him and he's like, okay, that's pretty good. And so he, uh, he kind of helped show me that. And then from there, it just, I went into landscaping and then tree removal, um, worked for a couple other people between there doing sales and stuff, and then got re hooked up with my buddy, Brett Madison, who's my business partner now in 09. Um, we started a tree removal landscaping company and, uh, honestly, man, we had like $150 to our name, both of us. And, uh, he had a dump truck and, I was right at during the recession, right after the recession happened. And so 
we just pretty much just uh, bootstrapped it and just started knocking on doors and selling jobs and, you know, grew it from there. And then in uh, 2012, we decided to get into Christmas lights and uh, he had this great idea when he was mowing his yard that we should do Christmas lights. And I was like, no, no one's going to pay us to do that. Well, you know, a lot of people have paid us to do that. <laughs> so it's been one of the best decisions we've ever done. Mm. Um, so then we got into pressure washing, gutter cleaning in 2015, um, have that company Outback Guttervac. It's a franchise. We we're the first franchise to prove the model. And then at 16, we got out of the tree business landscaping and, um, scaled the power washing, but Christmas lights is our number one service. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, we do most of all, like majority of our revenue in three months with that. And then we, um, we started doing landscape lighting. We sell product now through light sale pros. And then we also, um, I'm a clipper trainer. That's where I met you is we do trainings to train people. And then we started the mastermind this past year with the uh, owner of Clippa, Matt, my buddy, JC and Brett and, uh, the masterminds, the beyond the bolt. So that's what, pretty much what we're doing. Always busy. So. Yeah, no, you got a lot going on and I appreciate you giving us a little background on all that stuff. It's, uh, it's absolutely fascinating to me, uh, the, the Christmas light industry just in general. So I obviously knew of it because we've had our Christmas lights installed the past couple of years. But the the fact that there's so much opportunity and there's so much money going around. And as you mentioned, you make in like a lot of your revenue in that three month period. I think so many people, entrepreneurs think I have to create this fancy new product or service and I have to go and, and literally make all of this revenue and do all this stuff. But there's obviously value in niching down and being specialist and doing things the right way and things like that. How did you guys transition from doing more of the typical landscaping and tree stuff and all those different things to adding pressure washing to being like, hey, Christmas light is going to be one of our main things that we're going to do? Because I think a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. So um, we, we, we were thinking about scaling the tree business. It's a very dangerous business. Number one, mm. number two, it takes a long time to train people. Like I'm talking like years until they're really trained. Yep. So that's what we kept running up against. And we're like, okay, if we try to scale, this it's going to cost us like $500,000. Mm. So what's something we can do that doesn't cost us that much to scale. Mm. And that's when the power washing thing kind of came in we could send out six guys to do a tree service job. At that time, they might be able to do like $3,500 in a day, maybe four grand. Mm. I could send those, I could put three crews on the road doing pressure washing and they could do the more revenue. They could do like five, $6,000 in a day. And all they have is a pickup truck and some power washers, maybe on a trailer or something. Mm-hmm. So the amount of equipment and everything is way less on, that I have to keep upkeep and all that. So we started looking at it. We're like, this is the easier business to scale. Mm. Well, at the same time we were doing that, the Christmas lights is just blowing up. It's just like, just kept doubling and doubling and going and bigger and bigger and bigger until we got, you know, seven figures um, in a three month period. And so when you stop to think about that, it's like, holy crap, like, do what, like the rest of the time we're just keeping our guys busy is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people look at it as they're doing the, they, they did power washing and they got into lights. We were doing lights and got into power washing to keep my guys busy. Yep. So ours was a little different. So kind of like the reverse thinking of what most people do. So I think that has a little bit uh, of it to do with it. That was like our main focus and the power washing was just the secondary. Mm, yeah. No, I, I love that as kind of doing things a little bit differently, adding a little bit uh, a different of a way of a train of thought and all of that stuff. What, um, you know, over the course of your entrepreneurial journey, what are three things, if you had to pinpoint, that have made you successful thus far? Um, I would say being resilient. 
That's probably the number one. My father-in-law told me that one time we were living at his, me and my wife were living there where our house was being built. Mm. And uh, it was the worst year in business, like terrible worst year we've had. Mm. And my father-in-law looked at me one morning and said, how are you getting up every day and still going to work? And I said, cause there's people that count on me mm. for their paycheck. Yeah. And he's like, you're resilient. He's like, you and Brett are resilient. And I think that's probably number one. Uh, we won't quit. You know, we got, we're just driven, you know, for success, greatness, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, I would say um, our partnership works really well um, because we're exact opposites. He's really good at operations. I'm really good at sales and the marketing side and that. So doesn't mean he can't go out and sell. doesn't mean I can't go out and do operations, but we both are, have our part of the business that we, you know, really good at. So I think that's been really helpful is having that other person and to, you know, as you, as you know, and a lot of people know, entrepreneurship can be very lonely mm-hmm. at times. So sometimes he's the only person that really gets like what's going on, you know, the full extent, you know, I mean, I can go home and tell my wife, but she doesn't really, she's not involved in the business yet. She's there to support me mm-hmm. and she, you know, loves me and he's there to listen, but she doesn't really understand the, you know, the day-to-day struggles like he does, you know, um, and then number three, I would say is the people that we've had hired. Um, there's a quote, I'm going to probably butcher it, but uh, it's like Zig Ziglar. You don't build a business, you hire people and they build, a, you let them build a business for you. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big believer in that. I think that, you know, I don't, me and Brett can only do so much. So it's the people that we have. Um, and I think, you know, instilling in them and believing in them and letting them rise to the occasion is huge as well. Love that. Yeah. I think the the resilient aspect for sure is, something that entrepreneurs just truly have to have if they want to overcome the hardest of the hard times. I think uh, a lot of times, especially over the last three years, you know, a lot of businesses have flourished because there's been extra money in the economy. People have been in the buying mode and we're starting to see some of that stuff come back and people are looking for ways to exit and quit and just give up and all those different things. But as you mentioned, you've been in doing this for, for quite some time. So talk to us about over the course of you getting started back in 09 and, and really taking things and, and running with it and starting multiple businesses, if you had to pinpoint like one key lesson that has gotten you through all these different things, what would that one lesson be? One lesson, man. That's, ooh. Um, I think one lesson, man, that's a tough one. Just one in general. Um, <laughs> Sometimes in business, I think that uh, you you make your decisions with emotions, and I think you have to learn to not make your decisions with emotions. And I think early on in your in your entrepreneurial career, it's really tough because you're you're tied to that. You know you're, that you wear so many hats. So like you're the you're really good at your craft, and so maybe you work for a power washing company, and then you go, I can go do it better. And then you're really good at power washing, right? So it's really tough for you to get off the truck. Mm. And then. But once you get off the truck, you get a second truck going and a third truck. You're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But you maybe should have done that two years earlier, but you were really good at your craft. And that was what, you know, you, you thought you were. Mm. Um, so for me, it wasn't getting off the truck for that. Mine was going into sales. I wasn't going into sales full-time for our company. I had a business coach and she told me, Hey, you need to go into sales full-time, not trying to do sales and work on the truck. And I'm like, no, no, I need to. And she's like, no, you're doing a disservice to you and your company. Mm. That year we grew 73% when I went into sales full-time. <laughs> yeah. 
I was holding our company back. I was the bottleneck. And so I think that's, that's what it is. I think sometimes we have to like almost take a bird's eye view back Mm -hmm. um, from the company because we're so emotionally tied to it and what we're doing that sometimes we're the bottleneck. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where it works really well to have a business partner because sometimes you can, you know, we have, I tell people I've been married to Brett longer than I have my wife, you know? And (laughs) so we have that relationship and we trust each other. And if he came to me and said, dude, you're, you're, you need to do this. You need to do that. Like, I'd be like, Oh shit. Yeah. Maybe you're right. You know? So. Yeah. No, I I think it's super crucial to have, whether it's business partners, coaches, things like that environments where you can have somebody uh, take a look at, at your situation and point out some of the blind spots, because it's very difficult for us as entrepreneurs to one, see it, but to admit it and then take action on it, which obviously you did mention once you focused on sales, you grew 73% year over year. Um, When you talked about, hiring that business coach. So how long, when, when did you hire your first business coach? Then 2000 and is it, is it, it was either the end of 15 or beginning of 16. I can't remember. Some right in there is, yeah. is what it would have been. Yeah. So what can you say to the, basically the, the, the practice of hiring business coaches or joining masterminds, that type of thing. And what has that done for you as an entrepreneur, but also for your businesses? Oh man, it's, I don't, I don't think I would ever not have a business coach or of some sort, or at least a mentor. Mm. If you can't afford one, get a mentor, um, find somebody that's done what you've done, but make sure they've done what you've done. Don't, don't, there's tons of people out there that'll say they've done it, but are they actually doing it or did they do it or did, you know, so do your due diligence. I would say that, Mm. um, because you look at all the greats, Michael Jordan has head coaches. Yes. He's the best basketball player of all time, but he had a coach, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and so that's what you have to look at. Um, so having a mentor or a coach, if we would have had that early on in our career, when we had our tree service, man, you would laugh when we had our tree service, we didn't even have a website. Like it was, (laughs) we were doing half a million dollars in revenue during tree removal, all referrals and word of mouth. We had no, we, we, we were, we were, we were so naive. Still impressive. Yeah. We were just, we were just, you know, busting it and just going at it. So, um, once we realized, Hey, we can, there's an easier way. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's the kind of thing. And like nowadays it's so much easier with online stuff. You know, you can have a coach that's in, you know, the different part of the country and you can meet with them. And, uh, so coaching, I would highly recommend that. I've been parts of probably what is it want to, four, three or four different coaching things now. Mm. Um, and the thing is why people ask me, why have you had so many is you kind of stumps you outgrow. Them. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. you're in a circle and you outgrow it and you realize that you're sitting there one day and you're like, wait a second, I'm the largest company in here now by a lot. Mm. I think I might time for me to get a different one. And sometimes they can kind of overlap, you know, you kind of, Hey, I don't want to quite leave that group because I'm still getting some stuff, but I think I'm ready for this next step of this bigger one. Um, and then masterminds are really, really good. And that's what we started is the uh, mastermind is because we didn't want to just be coaching. Mm. Um, we don't want it just to be us four that started it. We want it to be a collaboration of everybody in the group. Mm. So there's a lot of people in there and they have a lot of knowledge and a lot of expertise that I don't have or JC or Brad or Matt doesn't have. So if we can come together and we bring us all together, think about what we can do. You know, you get some of the, one of the best events I was ever at was uh, last September with my coaching group I was in and uh, we went, they rented a big, two big cabins. It was like 20 something of us. And that was so intimate and close. And we were so vulnerable Mm. that I left there and I was like, that was one of the best things I've ever done in my whole life. Like it just changed my whole thinking and outlook and everything. I was like, so mm. that's kind of what we want to make with our mastermind. Mm. Um, so that's why we decided to make it a mastermind and not just like a coaching group. Love that. And, and now that you're on the other side of obviously having your own business coaches and being in your own masterminds and things like that, 
talk to us a little bit about what that's been like when you are now kind of helping facilitate and bring those people together um, now on the other side of it. Yeah. So I've always, cause I've been doing the coaching for Clippa or training for Clippa since Oh nine. Well, it was for we and crystal lights and then transferred into Clippa when Clippa was started. Sure. Um, so I've been training other people, uh, for that amount of time. And I tell people when I started it, it was fun. I enjoyed it. I'm not going to be honest. I don't make like a huge tons of money with it. I get to travel around and go to different places and meet people. And that part of it, I love, yeah. um, the sales side of me, networking side of me loves that. Um, for a long time, I'm like, man, what am I doing this? I'm, there's gotta be something be- better and bigger than this. And I knew it was something was calling me somewhere and it was to make this mastermind group. Mm-hmm. And I finally realized that now I made all those connections over the, over the last eight years or whatever, doing that for a reason. Yeah. Um, so once we, once I did that, now I have that tribe that knows me and I've been, I've trained them and they've seen me and they've seen us grow our company and they're like, Hey, we want to do what they, what he did, what JC did, you know, what Matt's done. So, um, and Brad as well being my partner. So, um, I think that that's kind of why I had to go down that road. And I think God was preparing me for that, um, for that time. But I love helping other people, man. I get more jazz. Like we just turned in $135,000 bid for a city uh, lighting job today. And I, yes, I'd love to get that. But if somebody I'm training called me up right now and told me they closed that, I'd be more excited for them than me. Yeah. But that's just, I love helping people. Mm. Um, so a rising tide raises all ships. You know, I, I think I, I say it all the time we train people in Atlanta. I mean, you were there in Atlanta when we did the training there people from Atlanta, you know, yep. and they're not my competition. I don't mean that as a bad mean thing. My competition was me last year or yesterday. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm trying to be better than. Um, I hope they do great. I'm training them to do great and, you know, charge the right amount of money and, you know, do great installs because I can't do all the work in Atlanta. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. It's, it's a huge market. Yep. So, um, I think, you know, some people have a closed off mindset. Um, and I live in a fixed, and I mean, a growth mindset, they have a fixed mindset. I have a growth mindset and live in abundance. Yeah. So. No, I, I love your outlook on that. And I think it obviously has exuded into the growth that you've had in your businesses, but also in building a platform to be an authority in, in this space, to be able to start this mastermind because you were providing value time and time again, knowing that you're not getting much in return, but you didn't care. As you talked about, like, if you close this deal, it's great, but it's even 10 times better if somebody that you coach close it because the impact is so much more. So I love, yeah. love your outlook on that. Um, and it just, it, it speaks to who you are in your character and your values, right? I think a lot of people like literally there's coaches that are popping up and masterminds that are popping up, as you mentioned, um, when you're going as somebody that's listening to this right now, Go and find people that are actually doing or have already done what you want to do. So many coaches and masterminds pop up you know, all of the time where somebody did it for a couple of months and thinks that they're now like this guru or that they've been an expert at doing it, but they've been doing it for such a short period of time. So absolutely do your due diligence. Um, Ryan, as we kind of uh, wrap up the episode here, talk to us about some things. I know obviously you have the mastermind, you have your businesses, but what are some other things that you're excited about working on both personally and through your businesses here over the rest of the year and in years to come? Yeah. Um, so um, obviously with the uh, mastermind with Donna Bulbs, you know, we want to keep growing that and helping more people. Um, that's, that's probably 
a really big focus of mine and uh, well, all of ours right now is, you know, trying to grow that and help so many more people. Cause the, like you were talking about the ripple effect is, is huge. And that's the, I say a lot of times my why is my legacy, but it's not my legacy of like, look how much money I made. It's how many people's lives I can touch. Mm. Um, I, I think about like when I die, who, who, who's going to think like, wow, Ryan actually made an impact on my life. Mm. And that's why I do what I do. It's yeah, the money's great. The money's a byproduct of it. But if you do it just for the money, then it's never, it's not filling, you know? Um, so I think that's a huge reason. Um, so I want to do that, but I mean, obviously we want to grow our own company as well. Um, lights all year, you know, we're wanting to get multiple locations down the road. Um, that's something we're actively looking into, um, whether it's licensing or just, you know, partnering with people or something, uh, in uh, some sort of fashion, that's something we really want to do. Um, we're really just wanting to go all in on the lights. So we've been doing a lot more landscape lighting. So we're really looking at, you know, Hey, lighting is our main focus and everything we're going to be doing, um, is going to be centered around lighting of some sort. So, um, I think that's pretty much the biggest thing. And then, um, I think something I would love down the road, not this year is um, I would eventually like to start a nonprofit of some sort. I don't really know what of or whatnot, but I think that that some somewhere down the road and it might be 10, 15, 20 years down the road, who knows? Um, I think a, a nonprofit would, I would like to start something and do something like that. Love that. Well, man, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I'm super excited to continue building our relationship, getting to know you better and continuing to support you and follow you. Where can people stay connected with you online? Yeah. So I'm on uh, Facebook. Just look up Ryan Fox. You'll see it. Um, you can add me as a friend there. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm actually working on my LinkedIn profile right now. So that'll be hopefully here in the next month or so that'll be updated. Um, we actually hired a lady to help us with sales and she used to be a recruiter. So she's like, I can help you with that and get it really dialed in. So she's supposed to start later this month. So um, she's going to help with that. Um, so you find me on there and then uh, you go to beyond the bulbs uh, com uh, if you want um, about the mastermind. And even if you're just getting into lights, that's okay. Um, the only thing is it's for anybody that's just getting into lights or we have another group that's for over 150,000 in revenue right now. But if you're just getting into lights, you have to have a, a clip of training or you have to have one year of uh, business of doing lights in your, under your belt. Cause we want to make sure they're trained properly yeah. or they either have already had one year cause they kind of worked out those first mistakes and stuff. So, yeah. um, but yeah, you just have a good fit call and then we get on there and me or JC talk with you and see if you're a good fit. Cause not every, it's not for everybody. And we're, we know that and we're not for everybody. So we want to make sure it's a good fit. So. Love it, man. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. I know you're super busy, but I know people are going to get value out of this. And I know there's a lot of service-based business owners who listen. So I'm sure some people will get in contact with you. No, yeah. Awesome, man. I enjoyed being on here. It was, it was great. Thank you so much, man. And thank you again to the audience for tuning in to today's podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, download, and share our content. Leaving a five-star review goes a long way. We'll see you all next week. And remember, entrepreneurs aren't born, they're brewed. I'm an entrepreneur, entrepreneurs who are born to prove. Thank you for listening to Entrepreneur Podcast with your host, Adam McChesney. Let's grow!